1: Hey there, Angry Planet listeners. This is Matthew. What you are about to listen to is a bonus episode that's over on angryplanet.substack.com, angryplanetpod.com. The whole thing is about 30 minutes long. We uh, we had our resident turkey expert come back on post the Erdogan election and kind of do a follow-up to our earlier turkey episode. So that is what you're going to be hearing a snippet from here. Uh, I'll give you a decent amount of it, but if you want to hear the whole thing, go over to angryplanetpod.com or angryplanet.substack.com. Uh, where we are going to be putting a a lot more things up for the paid subscribers. Uh, We just feel like they really are the ones that keep us going. Uh, They're the ones whose support matters most. Um, They really keep the show going, and we want to make sure that they're getting quality content from us at a pretty good clip. Uh, So there's going to be more stuff going up behind that paywall. Uh, And if you want to hear the whole thing, angryplanetpod.com, angryplanet.substack.com. Here you go.
2: Did Twitter cause the Tunisian uprising? Did Facebook cause the Egyptian uprising? So, it got, you I got know, to the point where I said, "Don't ask me that question."
1: You know, maybe there were some, maybe, maybe there were some other things happening that caused people to be really upset. <laughs> Did the telephone start World War One?
2: I? I, we can't be sure. I got so frustrated with that, and <laughs> I and I, I I got so upset. Like I, I I had a hard time explaining. Again and again, why Twitter and Facebook did not cause the uprisings in the Arab world. But then I just, I drew a line. I was like, I will not answer that question. It, re-
1: it does remind me of like a truism. I, I've, I've heard a bunch of different places and I've tried to chase down the origins of it a couple times. It has never quite been successful. Um, I think it's like something that high school history professors or professors, high school history teachers would tell me. Uh, they'd be like, you know, there wouldn't have been a Hitler in a World War II if not for the radio uh and, and like mass broadcasting like it was all because of that it's
2: right like, I it's, I think it's like was the Iranian things- revolution in the cassette now yeah it it happens to be that the that you know movements revolutionary movements popular movements tend to take advantage of technologies that help advance their agendas but it's that's that's different from causing <laughs>
1: Right. They're using the means that are available. The, the means are not necessarily causing the revolution. Right. Uh, right. The medium is the message. Okay. Yeah. Quick. <laughs> uh So, hey, so are we going to expect anything different going forward from uh, a newly empowered or samely empowered Erdogan? Or, I mean, is it just going to be more of what we've seen so far?
2: I, you know, people were kind of grasping at this one. Um, my my editor of foreign policy the day after was like, You want to write anything? I was like, Well, maybe it's me, but I can't think of anything too interesting to say about this. It's kind of like what you see is what you're going to get. Um, I, I Stephen say- Cook, thank
1: you so much for joining <laughs> us today. Yeah, it's-
2: <laughs> I will say this. I think on domestic politics, I think the one interesting thing that's going to happen. Um, is that Erdogan is going to push very hard to write a new constitution. Uh he's been trying to do this since 2007 and even for a guy you know who was grew, grew as powerful as he did between 2007 and 2017 he was unable to do it and had to settle for constitutional amendments. But I think now there's more urgency to it for him um because if you look at what the opposition was saying in the election They were basically promising their constituency that they would undo everything that the AKP and Erdogan has done over the course of the last 20 years. And so I think he'll want to write a constitution that protects those changes and that he'll then be able to say, you know, the Republic, which we as Islamists, and they never really articulate it this way, believe is sort of an accident of history and really shouldn't be. It now really truly does reflect.
0: Here's a cool fact.
2: Our worldview and this worldview is shared by, by many Turks. It's, it, it's a, an authentic and more genuine kind of constitution. Now, that's not actually the case, but that's the way that they will, they will portray it, protecting their uh their changes i think in a more immediate sense domestically i think you're going to see a lot of the same kind of things that we've been seeing over these years you know repression of the opposition leveraging the state against uh opponents uh forcing business to into you know this kind of defensive crouch to do things for erdogan those kinds of uh things in inept uh opposition those kinds of things and on foreign policy i think really the You'll see a lot of continuity, I think. But looking ahead to listeners, looking ahead to the NATO summit in Vilnius, I think there's going to be more Sweden-related drama. Um, if only because Erdogan, you know, kind of now a man in full. He won. Uh, like I said before, he'll act as if he won 75% of the vote. He wants to demonstrate that he's a big dog in NATO. And even though the Swedes have done things that he wants, there'll be an opportunity for him to ask for more Um and what this is is not really about Sweden. It's about negotiating with Joe Biden over F-16s, which the Turks want. Um, they've got older F-16s, they want new ones, they want upgrade kits for for others. Um, and Biden has expressed his support for it. Um there's a problem with Congress, but nevertheless, I think Erdogan, the Turks really don't Read our politics or understand how our system works as well, they think, you know, Biden can just make something happen. Um, They don't understand why Biden won't just run right over uh, Senator Menendez and others who object to F 16s for Turkey. So um, there will be drama over this, and there'll be lots of discussion about, you know, transactions and quid pro quos and so on and so forth. I I think that even if you had. The Biden administration explicitly saying, which they've been coy about it, even just saying, you know, F-16s for Sweden, you still have Congress. And I think that Senator Menendez and others are not satisfied with just Sweden getting in. They'll need guarantees from the Turks that they won't use those F-16s to menace the Greeks or the Cypriots. I'm not sure the Turks are going to be willing to allow Senator Menendez to dictate their rules of engagement. And 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 their and the way they perceive their, their security. So I'm not sure that the F-16 issue is going to get resolved, and I'm not sure the Sweden issue is going to get resolved necessarily so I hope I'm wrong about Sweden. I mean, uh but and, and what I what I understand is even without Turkey's okay, Sweden's been slowly being integrated into NATO military structures anyway. But still, I expect some drama on that issue.
1: That's all for this free preview of a a bonus episode. We've got over at angryplanet.substack.com or angryplanetpod.com. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to take a small break for the rest of this week. I'm going uh, to a conference uh, out of town about nuclear weapons. Jason's busy with some stuff over at Newsweek. But we will be back again soon with uh, another conversation about conflict on an angry planet. Stay safe until then.